Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Yes, indeedy they did. And it was and another pleasant Saturday to you. Harry Alexander with you and Bunker de France with you and Todd Roberts with you here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Hello, fellas. Howdy, howdy. Gentlemen. Yeah. Well, today's program is, you know, hey, we got the 4th of July coming up on Monday. And uh, today's program is, uh, well, I co- we, we call them nuggets. I like I liken it to an episode of the Seinfeld show, Western style. And I know Bunker, you don't like comedy. You never watch Seinfeld. Blah blah blah. Uh, Too bad. That's what that's weird. But <laughs> this is, this show is going to be like. Uh, uh, a bunch of kids thrown out, uh, just being a little too fast and loose with uh, with uh, uh, fireworks, I lighting them that, and throwing them. That, that too, yes. Well, I have, you know, I, I want to get into something very, very volatile. Okay, is okay. July second, really Independence Day. Had John Adams had his way, yes. Well. That was the day that the Declaration of Independence was signed. Actually, yes. It was declared on the 4th, yes. and the signing, that's the, the official, was done on the 8th, yeah. with the last guy signing it in 1777. Yeah. So, and, the re- is, and the reason for that is because of transportation. He, he, was, out, he was out of town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's your question? Well, is, is July 2nd really the Independence Day? No. Oh, I know. July fourth. July fourth is no, really into. No, I, no. no, let's let's nip it in the bud right now. No, 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 Let's punch each other out. All of July is Independence Month. We got Pride Month. We got oh, wait, uh, this let's, month. Let's, we got let's, that let's month. Let's not get into Pride Month. I'm just saying we got all these That's months. A bad example. We've got these months all going on here. Independence Month. We're onto something. Okay. Anyhow, <laughs> maybe not. I want. I want. Speaking of Independence, though, and this has nothing to do with Independence Month, right. but it does in a way. Okay. Because the National Day of the Cowboy, which is always the fourth Saturday in July, yep. is coming up, and at the historic Empire Ranch Foundation, they're celebrating. Now that's Saturday, July twenty third of the year twenty twenty two, and it runs from eight a.m. to noon. That's twelve p.m. And you bring the whole family. You can come by yourself, but it's more fun with the family. That's kind of what the Fourth of July is about. Yeah. It's about little kids blowing their fingers off and yeah. setting sisters on fire with Right, the right. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, you can tour the Empire Ranch by hard ba- uh, horseback. Uh, they guarantee your 45-minute trail ride by reserving it on their website, which is www.empireranchfoundation.org. Now, the... Uh, it's headquartered, the ranch is headquartered at the Hacienda National Conservation Area just outside of Sonoida, Arizona, uh, located off Scenic Highway 83, East Empire Ranch Road. There will be docent tours of the historic ranch house. There will be western demonstrators and vendors. There will be food down there. Uh, our good friend uh, Doug Hawkins will be there. Hawking books. And, well, you know, I'm going to be down there and having fun. I don't know about the rest of you. I, I, that's my favorite, one of my favorite holidays, anything that celebrates cowboys. You know, it's the day that you and I basically got the ranch to start acknowledging. Yeah. 
The only place in, in Arizona that was acknowledging it before was Prescott. Prescott. And uh, now there are bunches of places acknowledging Day of the uh, uh, Day of the Cowboy. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is I was on the board for 12 years down there, and for the first eight years I kept trying to get it get it, uh, yeah. get it done, and I was getting nowhere, and then Bobby Young came on as our administrator, and she was doing one of those PowerPoint things on what do we need to do, and I, I said, well, this, and she said, we're going to do it. Okay. You know, and we did. the board didn't even get a chance to vote on it. No. She just overrode them. Um, the, the next thing that is happening uh, come the 16th of this month, that's a couple uh, Saturdays from now, um, you can tour, do a Sunset Historical Tour at the Mescal Movie Site. Oh. Enjoy a historical tour and a spectacular sunset, no doubt. Uh, it's July 2nd at 6.30 and 7 p.m. Admissions five, uh, 15 bucks a person. Kids under 10 uh, and under are free. Secure your reservation at mescalmovieset.com. Mescalmovieset.com or telephone 520-255-6662. 520-255-6662. Mescalmovieset.com. Lots of uh, neat stuff happening out that way. They're bringing that thing back. It was the site of uh, the Monty Walsh movies. Right, Todd? Yes, that's true. Uh, my dad built that set with his partner for the film, and about two weeks after uh, it finished, a flash flood came through and wiped out most of it. And then uh, years later, there was a fire. Can so, I do uh, a history correction there? A history correction. Because I was there at the time. Okay. But the last week of shooting, when we wrapped Saturday, uh, everybody went into town. They got hit by a monsoon typhoon yeah. out there, yeah. and it blew the town down. Yeah. The guys with the crew went out there Sunday and literally put it all back together, and they shot Monday. Anyway, go out and check it out, mescalmovieset.com, uh, July 16th, fun for the entire family. And they're doing a lot of wonderful things there. They're working real hard to get it brought back. Well, and, and tours, and yeah, and part of that home. is the uh, if if you uh, don't recall the Arizona legislature, which recently um, uh, rode into the sunset. Um, before they uh, uh, rode into the sunset, they re- uh, brought back the incentive. Well, the House uh, and the Senate voted it in. Uh-huh. It's waiting passed, for the governor to sign but it. He's which already said he's coming. Yeah. But basically, that brings incentives, tax incentives, back to the state of Arizona, so that uh, once again we can become pen- competitive for Hollywood dollars. I don't, you know, that's if we really want the Hollywood dollars. With the way they're going woke these days, well, you know, maybe the hell with Hollywood. Who well, cares? You Who know, knows? We, got, we have to be objective and realistic. First of all, if they're coming to Tucson. It may not be a Western, but the majority of the odds are it's going to be a Western. Chances are, yes. And so in that sense, uh, yeah, some of our Westerns are really strange nowadays, but <laughs> it's still a Western, and it's hard to do a Western without the core values, even if they're perverted and distorted. Well, you can't do it if they're perverted and distorted, because yeah, then it's can. not a Western. No, it's not. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know we just we have different viewpoints on some of this stuff, and but my feeling is, you know, 
I think the worst Western for Westerns ever made was Blazing Saddles because I think it put Westerns on the downward path. Now, everybody puts it on a pedestal. I don't think it belongs there. I think it belongs on there. Well, we've talked about this before, Bunker. Um, and I and you, I know, feel that it 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 was the last straw in the uh, you know that broke the camel's back as far as Westerns concerned. And I disagree because I think it the the straw that broke the camel's back were the bad Westerns on television, and the bad Westerns in the last half of the '60s that had no congruency to anything previously. Uh, when nine out of 12 of the top television shows on TV are Western, so there's an oversaturation of the market. And eventually, Hollywood only knows how to do one thing, which is jump the shark. And that's what they did. Um, and that, you know, when you think about the fact that Blazing Saddles is really more of a commentary by Mel Brooks and Richard Pryor and the other writer on Hollywood itself. It's Indeed. it's like uh, Sunset Boulevard. It's like the film Watch Sammy Run, which is a script that's never been made. Um, I read it, though. It, it's a good story. Yeah, it's a great script, but it will never be but made sure. because it tells the truth about Hollywood. That's what Blazing Saddles is. It's, a, it's the truth about Hollywood, specifically in the Western genre, and why things were done the way they were. And, you know, there's a big... It's a big nod to people like uh, um, Randolph Scott, and it's a big nod, uh, and it's also a big flip in the bird <laughs> at basically Hollywood, at the studio system in general, and what it did to manipulate things. And, you know, listen, I understand uh, that you don't like it. I know a lot of people that don't like it, but I also say, you know, those... Uh, he also made... He did the same thing... Mel Brooks with Young Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. That is also a a a nod and uh, at a genre and flipping the bird to that genre uh, at the same time. There was a lot of respect in nodding to it and so on. You know, I but I, I, I agree with everything you're saying, one hundred percent. And the, in fact, you made my point because what happened was that. He flipped the most beautiful bird you could ever imagine at that. But at the same moment, he opened the American public to that, and it opened their eyes so that they saw Westerns in a different light. He poisoned it for an awful lot of people. Well, That's I, my point. Is, I, I, is understand. That I don't take I understand away from the point. brilliance of the film, because I, you know, there's scenes that when you're hanging a horse, that's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, well, you know. but he also, I agree with you, but I think prior to that, that was the 800-pound elephant in the room that nobody wanted to talk about. Exactly, but he made well, the public so aware of it that it tainted well, the Western. Well, I think the public was aware of it. They weren't, no one was able to articulate it. Well, they were afraid uh, to. Yeah, they were afraid to articulate it. And they also, it's a commentary on racism in Hollywood, oh, which yeah. was really propagated and perpetuated, not by the studios as much as it was by the studios having to service their area in in, in the United States. That's why, uh, you know, Warner Brothers had the South. That's why they centered on crime dramas. Yeah. You well, know, you know, that's uh, also, you so made on. a beautiful point there, because I think that one of the scenes that got one of the biggest laughs in the whole movies is when Jack Lilly and the Cowboys come up on the on 
our boys working on the railroad, and they sing, why don't you sing us one of those darky songs? And they say, yeah. they get, I get no kick from champagne. Yeah. That was brilliant. But well, and, was, and we could leave on little going, uh, what kind of songs, sir? And he goes, you know them railroad worker songs. You, you know, Camp Town Ladies and Lee Killian. Yeah. Camp Town Ladies. And all the guys are going, Camp Town Ladies. No, we don't know that one. And they and it's a spoof on all of that. Oh, yeah. You know, That's and exactly. when you look at some of the Westerns that were made, and I'm not going to go into them because we're going to get off our subject, but... You know, some of them. We don't have a subject. I, TV shows and <laughs> and uh, films were so bad that I can't even watch them, and I'll watch anything. Yeah, I'm in love with John Wayne. You know, from 30 to 39, yeah. I watch all those films. Oh and yeah. A lot of people go, just will say, "Oh, those are just they're so hokey." I, I love. Yeah, the, but at the least they're pure. And the they're real. Are, they're classic. Yeah, they're not like. Films that I'm, I, there's so many that I'm not even going to mention them, or, or the television shows where you're just going, what, 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 we jumped the shark. This is what happened on Happy Days yeah. when Gary Marshall said we ran out of shows. So I decided to take uh, the Vons and put them on water skis and have him in his, wearing a, a bathing suit and his leather jacket on water skis in the ocean. And jump a shark. Uh, water skiing, and he jumped a shark because yeah. the shark was hunting him. You know, it, which was, this was the period of time around the movie Jaws. So Hollywood does this constantly, and and then they don't take any responsibility for it, and they like to blame everybody else, or they act as if it never happened. Let me ask you this, because this is a movie that I most people would put into the category of horrible, bad Never should be seen, never should have been released westerns. Slapsy Maxie Rides Again. You know, I loved it. I think I, I think it. it's funny. I do. I, and too. I think you have to take it just like the uh, a Blaze's house. You have to take it in the context of where how it's being presented. Um, and try to understand that it's a it's a spoof on it, and and you know like the Ample Dumpling Gang and the gang that couldn't shoot mm-hmm. straight. Three Stooges. No. What, yeah, would I necessarily seek those out to watch them now? No, maybe if I was with you know some young person, some one of my nieces, nephews, or you know grand nieces, nephews. Yeah, there I, I would watch it. Sure, um, but you know. I think that you can find, you can always find some type of silver lining in a film. It's just that some of those TV shows and some of those films are just beyond the pale for me. They really are. So I think we should move to Nuggets, and I thought, yeah, I know I didn't well, say this before, but I should have. Why doesn't uh, Bunker do three, Harry do three, and I'll do three, and then we'll go all the way around, because I no, have I ten. don't want to do well, three. Well, I want Harry to do three, I want you to do five. <laughs> And I'll listen to you. I ain't doing none of them except listening. Um, no, okay. No, no, no. Um, we are doing nuggets, and, uh, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do our first commercial That's break. That's a wonderful nugget. That's it. We'll do the first commercial break and then we'll come back. our knives while And we're come back and, stu- and talk about stunt animals. Oh! In westerns. So that's what's going to be coming up next on the Nuggets edition of Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts. Stay tuned. 
Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tank of Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. How much are you sending out this time? 20,000 to Curly Jinks. You'll get rid of it across the line. Someday your luck's going to run out, McCord, and nobody's going to bother to pick up the pieces. I'm paying you plenty to see that it don't run out, Frontier. And don't ever forget it. This is the Voices of the West. We're back on Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker the France, and Todd Roberts. We are streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch, located just north of Tucson. Having a fun time with our Nuggets program. This is a music nuggets. Musical Nuggets. One, one music interlude after another. I don't know if we could... I don't know if I could stand that. <laughs> All right. It's a program about nuggets, and I got I got some nuggets here. Uh, stunt animals being used in the films. Now, before we went to air, Bunker had this incredible story, and I don't know if it's true or not. I'm guessing some of it is true, but knowing Bunker like I do, I'm guessing most of it isn't true. I was there. Well... <laughs> 
Oh, well, finish. Take that sip of coffee and tell us the story, sir. Well, first of all, how many folks out there have heard of stunt chickens? Now, stunt chickens in many ways are a backbone of the movie Western industry. When you get a gang of guys riding into town or you're riding up to the Widow's Ranch and you're up to no good, what's the first thing you see when they ride through the gate? Chickens. Scattering. Scattered around, plucking away, picking, plucking, chicken stuff. These guys ride through and they scatter. But there's always one last chicken that just... Almost doesn't get out of the way. Sometimes he makes it, sometimes he doesn't. Most of the time he kind of gets scattered around and pops a few feathers. Well, that's not an ordinary chicken. That's a stunt chicken. <laughs> now, <laughs> now you may think you may think I'm making this up. I do. But no, no, no. I was first exposed to the concept when I was working on Dirty Dingus McGee, okay. directed by Burt Kennedy. Okay. And Bert had Casey Tibbs down there. He always liked to use Casey whenever he could. And Casey loved working for Bert because he made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, one of the things that Casey would do when he'd get there is he'd go to the animal handler, the head wrangler or the small animal guy, and he'd say, get me a chicken. Well, they'd bring him a chicken because he's Casey Tibbs. You know, everybody wanted to butter up to Casey. So anyhow, here Casey would go up to Bert, and he'd done this before. I could tell from the look on Bert's face and, and you know, the twinkle in his eye and the crying heart not to break out in laughter. But he'd come <laughs> up and say, Bert, I want you to put my chicken on. Bert would go, you want me to put a chicken on? He said, we got chickens. He said, oh, no. On the, on the payroll. This isn't, a, this isn't a regular chicken, Bert. This is a stunt chicken. You need them for shots when you're, you know, when you're riding in. He says, stunt chicken. Okay. Well, he used to do that you know, repeatedly on a lot of bird shows. In fact, uh, uh, the rounders had had some of Casey's stunt chickens. And so that's the thing. You can't make a good Western without stunt chickens. Now, if they'd had stunt chickens on Blazing Saddles, I might have liked it. But they didn't have it, so that's okay. Now, anyhow... Harry also mentioned, you know, here's the other thing, too. You know, you've, got, you've also got, you know, character actor animals. It's just like you got you got the guys opening of the picture and they're riding into town. It's a sleepy little old cow town. Nothing's going on, you know. Horses are dozing at the hitching rail. And there's an old hound dog laying out there in the mid, right in dead center in the middle of the road. Now, the cowboys could ride around it, but cowboys don't do things like that. They, either he moves or he don't. That's what we'll find out. Well, these acting dogs, character dogs, they'll get up and slowly mosey off camera. Now, a really good, and this is how you know it's a good Western, is at the end of the movie, when everything's over and everybody's been shot and hung and the good guy's ridden off with the girl into the sunset, that old character dog kind of ambles back in, circles a couple of times, and lays down in the road. That's a character. That's a character animal. It's a character animal. Or the cat that gets thrown in. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> the rough cat that gets thrown in into the scene. Oh, that's you know that's a horror movie. You can't make a horror movie without a cat. You know, there's cat. There's cats. That's all they specialize in is horror movies. Stunt frogs. How about tell us stunt about stunt frogs? Frog. Well, you know, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I think. I think Roy Calhoun. Todd may be able to correct me on this, but I think it was Rory Calhoun did a movie called Frogs, and these were like these were like 
this was a cast of thousands of frogs. But here's the thing. Think about this. Without, without stunt animals, Tarzan, Johnny Westmiller, they couldn't have made them. You know, you know, yeah, you can do so much with a rubber alligator, but that's about it. And a big <laughs> anaconda. Man, oh, one of my favorite things. You, you remember Wild Kingdom with Marlon Perkins? Yes, I do. Well, the guy that used to be with I think it was Jack Hanna, but it was the guy that was always barefooted. Yeah. Well, they were down Jim. in South America. Big, big Jim. He used to go on the uh, Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Yeah, exactly. He always brought an animal. Jim's hey, now going to approach the alligator hey, and I- try to get close enough to it that he can talk it to, talk to it. Oh, Jim, the alligator has you in its mouth. <laughs> Well, anyhow, anyhow, they're down there in South America, and they, they, one of the local countries had, had built a dam, and so they flooded this valley. So they're down there rescuing animals that are trapped out there, and they're in one of those punga boats, you know, with the, with the native guys right, right, right. them, and they're getting animals out of the trees that are you know, submerged in the water. Well, they're going along, and I guess it's about maybe about three feet of water. They're going along, and here's an anaconda going swimming through there. Yeah. Now, one, anacondas are, are aquatic. They can swim. You don't need to rescue them. But somebody probably had the great idea, man, this would make some great food. <laughs> and, and Marlon tells him, he says, Jim, go save, that, go save that snake. He literally, like Tarzan, pounces on that snake in the water, right? And he's got a hold of the snake, and the snake's got a hold of him. And the only thing that's saving him is the fact that the snake can't get a hold of anything to grip. But he, that, that snake is slapping him like, you know, like a, like a kid with a pork chop. He doesn't like pork chops back and forth. He finally gets that snake in the thing, but that was one of the funniest. And that was, you know, that was an amateur snake. He wasn't a professional. You know, I, I've been doing this game for 50-plus years. <laughs> and I've, I, am, I am without words. Uh, what? Huh? <laughs> Just without, I'm sitting here with a straight face. I know you are, and, and, and I'm sure you're these, serious. These stories are one. These, this is part of this is part of our culture, our history, and our heritage. I know. I'm I'm so sure. <laughs> I'm sorry you brought it up. <laughs> I, I, I am sorry I brought it up, but I do know that I'll be watching westerns now well, for well, no, no, stunt chickens and looking for them and being credited you or know, uncredited. You know, they used to have a, a thing called the Patsy Awards, yeah. which was for or animal actors yeah, and stuff, yeah. and Henry's horse, Henry Will's stunt horse, Kilroy, actually won the Patsy. Uh, he trained him to do some really good stuff, oh, right? Oh, that was yeah. one of the best fallen horses yeah. in the bit. But there was some great, you know, Red Morgan had Red Man, uh, there was uh, Cocaine, I think that was Chuck Roberson or, or Hayward, I can't remember which one. But I mean, some of the horses were within the industry were as famous as the guys. Todd, rescue me from this. <laughs> so, uh, let me th- throw out a few of my nuggets here. Yeah, nuggets. Uh, the first one is that uh, there's the ten ten myths about that oh, Hollywood yes. got wrong in 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 the West. The first one is is that uh, basically Americans and you know white people were dirty. Um, that's the truth. They didn't like to bathe. Most of them didn't bathe. They, you know, uh, how many times have you heard the joke in a film? My God, I bathe. I, I, I bathed. Uh, I, you know, I bathe at least once a month. Um, whereas Native Americans did. 
they they didn't and there's a great painting by either Frank McCarthy or George, uh, John, uh, Tenny Johnson of some um, Indians in the uh, in the river by the Little Bighorn with their horses watering themselves and they're mm-hmm. in the bathing and a young boy has run down to tell them there's fighting up on the hill which is the which became the battle of Little Bighorn. Another myth, this one is true, water was like gold. Water was uh, incredibly uh, important, and people died without it. And it went as often in certain places, more. it cost more for water than it did for beef. Uh, and uh, another one was... Well, wait a minute, um, let's back up for a second on that one, because there you... There's a great myth that they still perpetuate here in Arizona, which is that you can't deny somebody water if they have a right to water if, you know, because of the desert and the climate and back in the old days. And that wasn't true. Well, yeah, and it was usually, uh, uh, that was a point that was usually made at the end of a shotgun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, can I have some water? No, I said no. Um Another one is no cowboy hats. There were, the, the single most recognizable symbol of the Old West was constructed and perpetuated by the movies as a cowboy hat in reality. Um, the immigrants didn't wear cowboy hats, but they all wore hats. Uh, there are a lot of Irish cowboys that wore derbies, and people from Germany and Hungary and Poland who wore a hat called the Berliner. They were bringing the hats from the East Yeah, they wore their hats. They didn't lose their hats. They didn't get rid of their hats. They didn't sell their hats. But cowboys all wore hats because they were out in the sun. So that's completely wrong. Uh, Let's let's elaborate on that for a second. Because you you got, you know, in Mexico, because they had been there for a long time before the other Euro trash got here, uh, they had evolved into the big hats that they were wearing. And that's what some of the cowboys in the Southwest were wearing. But it wasn't until, you know, Buffalo Bill era and lawn, you know, with the media area, that we got into the idea of what cowboy hats are supposed to look like. Well, and the Mexicans had perfected their hat, uh, the Texas Torpedo or the Sombrero, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, uh, the El Capote, um, with a tall crown because heat would rise and wouldn't be on against your head as much. It also had a big rim to shield your face from the sun. All this stuff was utilitarian. And Another the, myth the, they the have here is about... you know, with the flat hat and the flat brim. Yeah, well, and hats were created around the geography, based on the geography exactly. of where the person was. If they were up in Montana where it rained all the time, the front dipped down and the back dipped down in a sloping brim so that the rain would run off. And, uh, and there wasn't and a nudies in every flat, town to buy a hat at. Yeah, and you didn't have a flat brim up in Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho, and so on. Down lower in the, in Arizona and Texas and so on, you did. Uh, another one is is that uh, uh, the how the Hollywood turned the West, it was too violent. It wasn't as violent as they say it was. Um, and there were no choreographed gunfights. Well, no, there weren't. You just walked up on somebody and shot them. Uh, that's, I mean, no greater example than Billy the Kid when he paid Sheriff Brady back for killing his mentor, John Tunstall. He and two buddies hid behind a wall 
that uh, with their with their Winchesters as they were Brady and his two of his deputies were walking on their way to lunch, and they got right in line with them, and they were walking along down the street. They were behind this wall that was part of a ruin, and they stood up and called out, "Hey, Brady!" And they turned around and they literally riddled them. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there was the same way two. with Garrett and the kid. You know, Garrett yeah. shot him without even giving him. You know, it right. was no, it was no fair fight, gunfight. There were only two gunfight street in, you know, uh, quick draws in the street. Both Hickok were in both of them, and one of them, the guy showed up to repay Hickok for killing his son. He he was crippled. He was in a wheelchair, and uh, the guy kept calling for Hickok to come out, and he wouldn't come out. Just couldn't find a wheelchair. He finally found one, and he came out in a wheelchair as well. He said, what are you doing in a wheelchair? He said, well, I want the fight to be fair. So uh, the other one is uh, how the natives were so friendly. Um, uh, and that Hollywood got that wrong, and they were just victims of uh, their own. Uh, they were victims. Their, their violence was in response to the violence perpetuated on them. Read some history. Uh, yeah, read some history. Uh uh, and they were they friendly rarely, when they were curious. They rarely attacked caravans of immigrants. Um, let's be let's be honest. Uh, the tribes and the American Indians basically were thieves. They looked at it as a pride of that was a pride when you stole something from somebody, exactly. whether it was a horse, a gun, whatever. It didn't matter. That was a piece of pride. That was, was a your badge co- of honor. You showed it was your, now your property. That, and it showed your bravery, and it also showed your ingenuity on the skill doing and it. Your, your is that skill. what they call counting coup? No, no counting, counting coup, coup is a whole different thing. That's different, when you tap where you would enemy. tap the guy on the head ah. or tap his shoulder with your uh, with your quirt or your your tomahawk or whatever without hurting him. It was worse. It was worse than. It was worse than killing him really? because now he had been shamed. He's been dishonored uh, and he owes his life to you. Even if he's a different tribe, uh, okay. they right. recognize that because he would be shunned when he got back home. Right. Uh, so that that's also shown here uh, 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 that, you know, that's also something that didn't get right. Another one they have here is that, uh, what was it here, that uh, 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 friendly natives, yeah, I said that one. Uh, peaceful West. The West was not peaceful. Uh, uh, between all of your uh, cattle wars and range wars and sheep cattle wars, uh, not to mention just highwaymen, road agents, and so on, uh, you know, there was a lot of, shall we say, violence in the West. Was it every day? Obviously not. But the uh, the crime was, rates, the murder rates in, <laughs> in Tombstone, are were are higher back then, are higher than the per capita than the murder rates here in Los Angeles today. Uh, you know, and, and one of the examples of that bunker was Angel Town here in L.A., which is now yeah. basically downtown L.A. It was called Angel Town because that's where all the Mexican uh, vaqueros and Mexican. Uh, uh, storekeepers, and it was Mexican town, and there was practically uh, a murder every week, if not every, uh, if not every, uh, almost every other night. You know, we a couple of weeks back we did Melody Grove's book on outlaw, outlaws and all men, and researching that, I've, one of the things that I learned was that some of the lawmen, not some of them, but a great number of them, they had 
a string of killings to their credit. I and mean, a lot of those killings was just shooting the guy on sight. It wasn't a matter of law or... Yeah, or John Selman killed uh, uh, John Wesley Harden. He walked into the Acme Saloon mm-hmm. uh, down there in, uh, in Texas, and he walked in and saw Hickok from the back drinking. He pulled out his Harden. pistol and shot him through the back of the head and killed him. And then about the 10 years later, he got the behind the bar. Oh. Uh, and, and why? That's just murder. Well, yeah, but Hickok had been walking around town for several days saying that when he, you know, that uh, he, John Selman was going to see him one too many times. So you don't threaten uh, uh, a, a lawman uh, who, you know, is mm-hmm. good with a gun because um, he, he didn't, he doesn't get to be an old lawman by being timid. Well, you know, if you look at the Tombstone Wars, uh, how many of these guys are taken to court, sometimes no more than just an arraignment, or but or to trial, and it's dismissed because the other guy, maybe he was unarmed when he was shot, but he had gone around threatening him. And right. the, the, the concept of, if you threaten me, I have a right to defend myself on sight, whether you're armed or not, because you've threatened me, which makes well, still makes sense to me. John Slaughter killed countless outlaws. Uh, he gave them one warning and said, the next time you see me, you'll have seen me one too many times. You'll, you're going to see me soon. So that was your warning. Get out of town or you would end up dead. And countless guys ended up dead on the side of the road during Slaughter's time, as sure. We've got to do our next commercial break on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. A commercial it's, nugget. It's a nuggets kind of program. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you. We'll be back after these important messages. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Traffic Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSki.com. You've got some Cattle you want rustled, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. Little lady up the road a piece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step near and old Bess here'll spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchman to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but blank henchmen to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scrappy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. 
When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Poster, Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a Renahench to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Renahench, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Yosemite Sam! It's Yosemite Sam! Yosemite Sam! Yosemite Sam! Yeah, Yosemite Sam! The roughest, toughest, he-man, stuffest hombre has ever crossed a Rio Grande! This is the Voices of the West. Welcome back to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France and Todd Roberts with you. It's a Nuggets program. There ain't no Namby Bambi Nuggets on this show. Uh, I think the overriding question is did. Yosemite Sam ever have a chance to? <laughs> did Yosemite Sam ever have a chance to uh, do a guest shot on uh, the High Chaparral? He should have. I think he should have. I, well. I, mean, I could just. We should call see, Susan McRae and ask it, her. You know, uh, the boys ride into town, right? And they go in the bar, and there's this little short red-headed guy with a big red-handled mustache, and. Cam, you know, Uncle Buck comes up and bumps him. And, I mean, from that point on, it's, it goes anywhere. It's, it's, it's Sam and Buck. I, I think we should call Susan McRae and ask her if she's ever had the opportunity to cast Yosemite. We'll write a pilot. You know. That'd be the last time we ever talked to her, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, here's, here's okay. the thing. For, now, this is, a, this is a, I think, it's an interesting. This, this is a historical. Okay. This is done in all seriousness. All right. Okay, on July 4th, which is Independence Day, 1869, the world's first documented competitive rodeo was held in Deer Trail, Colorado Territory. Really? Uh, it's not the longest or the... Because I get, you know, it didn't, uh, didn't happen it. after, it only happened at one time? That was, you know, that was the first competitive, which probably would mean, you know, horses and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now, here's another interesting thing. On this same day, uh, well, this actually, this was on, on today, but not today, but in 1881, uh, President James Garfield was mortally wounded at the train station, which means it's not safe to take a train anymore. <laughs> I'd rather take a train than a plane any day of the week. And Jimmy Stewart died on this day in, in 1997. You should have probably a moment of reverence for Jim. I would agree. He's one of my what a what a what a wonderful contribution he made to us. There was a there was an actor who did all kinds of different roles, yeah. comedic to serious, uh, in in various genres. Uh, he was comfortable. It seemed he was comfortable on a horse, yeah. as well as behind the. Well, he was definitely comfortable in the pilot seat of a, uh, a B-29 or B-20, B-17, or, uh, I mean, he flew B-36s. Retired Air Force. Yeah, yeah so uh, it's just as comfortable in that as, as... Behind an accordion. <laughs> an accord- By golly, and the guy could play, too. Yeah. 
you know? I'll have I got another myth for you to throw out. All okay, right. myth was away. The, the Comstock Lode, California, the Golden State. Yep. There was Comstock Lode refers to silver, not to gold. No. There was tremendously more silver mined out of this state than gold. But they call it the gold state because the golden state, because this is where gold was found first in 1849, of course, uh, Sutter's Mill, and that created a migration across the United States that helped settle the rest of the country from that point on, prior to the Civil War. So, but the big money was made in silver in this state, uh, much more so than Nevada, which is known as the silver state. And think of how many boom towns were destroyed overnight when they went from silver standard to gold standard, or not to the, to the federal note. Well, and, and then the, yeah. the silver bust of the 1890s, 1880s, 1890s, uh, I'm not sure what happened there except that silver... They, they, they converted to federal Is that when federal notes... Uh, yeah. the, the, was it the gold standard? Were they using a well, gold no, standard? Was what it happened, called the gold standard? What happened was you had the silver dollars, paper dollars that were, you could, these were, bring in, bring your silver dollars in and they'd give you a gold, paper dollars. Uh, which was backed by gold, it was a gold But they were, they were doing away with silver as a standard, as a, as a, as a I have, I have an old note, uh, old, uh, can't even remember what denomination the bill is, but uh, I think it says gold. Sure. Oh, here's here's one here for you. Uh, 1679, Europeans for the first time visited Minnesota and saw the headwaters of the Mississippi. Don't you know? That's you know. Hey, you know you know what you know what the Huron and uh, the Blackfoot up there said. They saw the Europeans there standing on the lake. Yep. There goes the neighborhood. There goes the neighborhood. I stood over the Mississippi in, in Minnesota, yes. Right at the headwaters of the Minnesota. So one foot on each side? One foot on each side, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. I don't know if you can still do People it. People don't think about that, do they? I know. It's like the Colorado, you think it's big, roaring yeah. river. And it's it's like a, it's like a, it comes from a spring in Colorado. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Oh, here's, this is, this is a good one. On this date in 1846, an alligator fell from the sky during a thunderstorm in Charleston, South Carolina. He was two feet long. Okay. He must have got sucked up, you know. Because I've seen raining frogs, you know, out here in the desert, that's kind yeah. of common. Yeah, well, in, it, in coastal areas, uh, it, it does tend to be common that things get sucked up and then redistributed elsewhere. Well, don't forget that there are instances, there's photographs of uh, brass, uh, you know, tule uh, strands uh, driven through a tree. Yeah. During a during a, uh, a tornado. Okay. There is no reckoning with my nature. 1861, the Battle of Hoax Run, small Union victory in the Civil War. Where was that? At Hoax Run. Yeah. Uh, and where was... I think that was Pennsylvania, but don't quote me on that one. You're the what Civil War historian. Oh, no, I'm not, not, not oh. that much. Oh, okay, you know, this, this is moving, moving on. 1885, Canada's Northwest insurrection ends with the surrender of Big Bear. That was a big, 
That was one. That was one of the big Canadian Indian wars. Mm -hmm. But you know, you know, instead of sending the Seventh Cavalry out of Canada, it sent a couple of Mounties out. <laughs> they handle things different up there. Uh, you need to put that weapon down there, right? Eh? All right. <laughs> okay, 1901. Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid robbed train of $40,000 at Wagner, Montana. Are $40,000. That's a lot of money. Why didn't they retire off of that? Hell, they could have, you know... Could have bought I don't know. Little, they could have bought a little place out just east of uh, well, Eloy and just kick back. You know, there's an interesting thing to explore is whatever happened to uh, the, the, that pair. I mean, did they get annihilated in, uh, uh, where were they, Bolivia? Or, Bolivia. Or did they manage to come got, back to the United got, States? They got freeze trade. Yeah, or did they come back to the United States and uh, move on with life? I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, they had enough money to buy off the. the You'd think they would. Yeah. I mean. Well, yeah. the one thing that the one the greatest thing that more than anything else that perpetuates the myth of whether or not they 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 retired and came back up here and survived that shootout is the fact that at a place was never seen again. Uh -huh. She literally disappeared. So, um, you know. Yes, she was probably wanted, or at least wanted for questioning. But the fact that she disappeared, um, where did she go? And why uh, she, did she go? She became I a first-grade teacher in Rio Doso when I was a kid. <laughs> I think she wanted to, it's possible to think of the fact that she wanted to hook up with the kid if he was alive. Well, here's one for you. This is this is this this one's especially for you, Harry. Oh, thanks, Bunker. 1956. Okay. Elvis Presley records "Hound Dog" and yep. "Don't Be Cruel." There you go. Now that is landmark. It is. That is great. My brother played drums for Elvis when uh, uh, Elvis was in the army and uh, in Europe. They had a, he got a band together, and somehow or other, my brother who played drums oh, got cool. in on that deal and uh, played in the band. Yeah. You know, it's funny, but Hound Dog Man and Don't Be Cruel, and You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog, that is like the Searchers or Stagecoach. You know, it, it's like, it was it's like landmark. a landmark yeah. moment in, yeah. in music. Yeah. I mean, all I shook up. The uh, girls changed. Teddy Bear, yep. all those songs. Well, he, he, I was he, a junior in high school, and girls. And the way girls acted, and the way got, guys literally went from from uh, being teenagers to horn dogs, to greasers, you know, <laughs> ducktails, sideburns, and well, greasy hair. And that I mean, you think about that music um, uh, coming onto the scene. Think about when big band came on the scene. Oh yeah, back in the '30s, and people. I mean, Benny Goodman's uh, uh, concert. Um, I love that. At, what was that? Radio City. I mean, my goodness, uh, everybody is like, and then all of a sudden they start tapping their feet, and before you know it, they're dancing. Oh, like and, and, and good stuff. The Duke Ellington band. Band Scott. I know. I, you know, I look at that music in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, and maybe some of the early rock and roll, but you know what? Music today, for the most part, just totally sucks. <laughs> and on that note... We're going to be back with the wrap-up of our Nuggets edition of Campbell Franzi's Voices of the West. 
with Harry Alexander, Bunker for France, and Todd Roberts. We'll be back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tank Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Did you catch up with Brooks? Yeah. Is he alive? Yeah. Has the sheriff got him? No. Why don't you tell me what's up? Why don't you give me time? This is the Voices of the West. La mucureta en el suelo, mamá no puedo con ella. Me la llevo en la cabeza y mamá no puedo. 
We're back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts. Now we have not gone to the. Uh, we're not. See, it's a fiesta. I love it. You know, you know, it's like this is what's wrong with American music. We don't have tubas, accordions, and guitar rollings in our music. There you go. I mean, you had a tuba. That's my listen to the Mexican music. Texas Tornadoes, man. <laughs> great, great band. Freddie Fender, Doug oh, Sound. Here's one for you. Think this, anyway. is, this is for everyone to think about now. I'm going to set the scene for you. All right. And it could be any it could be any number of different versions. All right. But the guy comes riding in. He's got an arrow stuck out of him. He falls off the horse. The hero runs up. Sometimes the heroine, a couple of other people, some waddies, maybe the doc or the dad. They all run up. And they go, Tex, who shot you? And Tex goes, it was, it was. And before he can say it, he either dies or a shot rings out and he's killed. <laughs> he never gets to finish his line. We never, I mean, how many times have we seen that? Yeah. Where that is. That's uh, a standard. I mean, you know, yeah. Yep. It was. <laughs> and it's always a hand through the window with a gun or a rifle, a rifle barrel sticking out yep. of a bush. And you don't even, half the time, you don't even get to see who killed him. Or he'll maybe get the first name out or the first syllable of the first name he out. Was, he was riding a white. <laughs> was, was he riding a white horse, Tex? Was it a cow? Was, it a, was he riding a big white cat? You know, you, 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 you left you know, with the mystery of what was he writing. Send it back to the stunt chicken. <laughs> hey, we got a stunt, cha- a stunt, a stunt animal channel. Oh, God. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, now we're almost out of time, thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> So we oh, can oh, get, go, get hey, to celebrating our 4th of July. Not that I'm not quick. celebrating already. If, if we can do it, let's name a Western that we'd like to watch on the 4th of July, if we could. Anyway, uh, you go ahead first. Oh, well, God, that's... Well, while you think, Todd, you name one. Uh, Todd always got Well, I, 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 you know, I love uh, Western Union. The expansion of the Western, you know, Union Telegraph Line across the West, and uh, you know, uh, which I really think is, you know, part of our manifest destiny, and us uh, doing the things that it took to join the two coasts and create this country. Um, uh, almost any John Wayne film, uh, because I always remember the words of John Wayne talking about that that monologue speech of this old flag. Yep. Um, and as he said, uh, uh, yeah, you're damn right I'm proud of the American flag. This is the greatest country in the world, and I'm not ashamed of it. Amen. So uh, I wish we had more people that had the uh, foresight, wisdom, and uh, honesty enough to say the things that are on their mind as opposed to um, the dweebs, morons, and haters that we have <laughs> to listen to so often. Quickly, Bunker, your movie? I was going to say Searchers, but that's too obvious. And then I thought of Open Range, but I just watched it here the other night. So I'm going to have to go with Birth of a Nation. Oh, that's a good one. That is very good. I'm going to go with any Joel McRae movie, any Joel McRae Western. Oh, that's it. This is one. uh, It's a Randolph Scott, some 
best of the bad men or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. We're out of time. Next time we get together, we're going to be talking music because next time we get together, it will be Eddie Dean's birthday. Yeah. Until then. 78, 79, 80 nuggets old. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. 